everybody, this is Issei Cosette, and you are listening to Issei's Way, your favorite podcast that you didn't know existed, you didn't know you needed it, but I'm so glad you're here, and this week we have a special guest, my good friend Mick Urban, the great, great <laughs> artisan out here in Puerto Rico who's doing some big things, I met him, wow, maybe six years ago when mm. I was at Intercambio and about to study abroad, and Honestly, I met Mick probably like my second or third week out here in the island. And his story was so amazing that I was like, if this dude can do it, I can do it too. And we just so happened to like chill with each other. And, you know, he took me under his wing and loved me and all of my craziness. And I and all of his. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, literally. <laughs> so, um, well, I just want to say welcome, Mick. What's up? Thank what's you. up? What's up? I'm doing well. Um, we just had a really nice meal. I made like, yeah, uh, yeah, a combination of some Liberian jellof. And so get with it if you don't know. (laughs) (laughs) It's been a while. You know, I used to do a lot of potluck Sundays back in Valdosta, Georgia with my good friends in college. So I think I want to kind of incorporate that. Um, in Puerto Rico and so Sundays are like my resting days a lot of people aren't too busy it's kind of chill in Puerto mm-hmm. Rico on Sundays exactly so to vibe over some good food some good wine and good friends it doesn't hurt right mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> so here we are and you know I know a lot about you Mick but I just want the world to get to know who is this wonderful person well uh, my name is Mick Urban which I always tell people it sounds like a fake name but it's actually my real name um, Michael Urban especially in Puerto Rico everybody thinks I like have a fake artistic name because I'm an artist but I um, I'm white I'm um, originally from Connecticut I'm really tall I'm 6'4 I'm gay I speak English and Spanish I moved here when I was 18 because I really wanted to uh, learn Spanish and I wanted to do, to do it somewhere I didn't want to like study Spanish in the U.S. I wanted to like study it in an actual country, and here it was easier because um, it's part of the U.S., so you don't need a visa. Right. And um, so I moved here originally to study, and then um, I just ended up staying because I really love it. And uh, I'm a, I'm an artisan. I'm a metalsmith. Mm-hmm. So how did you get into that work? Was it Puerto Rico that got you into artisan and metalsmith work, or was it something you brought from Connecticut? Uh, it's something that I got into thanks to my parents, but I think that Puerto Rico really made it blossom. Um, I have, my parents are very, very cool and they always, um, told me that I should, you know, follow my dreams or whatever. So, um, I started doing metalsmithing originally, making jewelry out of antique forks. It was just kind of something that I was playing around with, with my sister. And I didn't really even think anything of it. My parents were... My parents thought it was absolutely amazing, and they were actually the ones who told me that I should really continue with it. So I ended up starting to sell jewelry made out of antique silverware between my classes in the University of Puerto Rico. Pause. Okay, let me tell you that when I used to be a study abroad exchange student... um, after a few weeks after I met you, I saw you one day, like, selling, like, I think actually right in front of a theatro. And I was like, oh, it's Mick. <laughs> but it was so cool because it was just like, dude, this is so amazing how, like, you found some, like, a hobby. You turned into your passion. You're making a living out of it. Yeah, I mean, like, I think that's kind of what I was saying at first, where it's like, Puerto Rico kind of helped me with all of this. Because, like, I think, number one, in the U.S., they wouldn't have let you just randomly sit in the university and sell something they would have been like oh 
lays permits yeah. uh-huh but here it's just like here i was like literally like sitting on the ground selling jewelry exactly which, like, so i think um puerto rico kind of helped me cultivate it more yeah. i think also with being in a, a public space in the up and like being a public university that allows us because when i was selling shirts for ghana i too sat down and you know mm-hmm. was like hey guys i have these shirts for sale and people bought them and yeah. i think had i been in a private university or a different setting it wouldn't have been as um accessible to be able to sell yeah exactly and um in puerto rico there's a really big market for um artisanal things uh, like you can certify yourself as a artesano as an artisan and you actually don't have to pay taxes um which is a really big help if you're a small business person like um like it's not i don't even really think it's like a tax break i mean it's really just kind of like helping you with your business because you don't have to pay all these Fees. things like mm-hmm. that you don't have the capital for when you're a small business so like um after university after I graduated, I kind of decided that I didn't want to have like a typical job, quote unquote. So I was actually able to certify myself as an artisan. Mm-hmm. And that's when I started to go to a lot of fairs around the island. Mm-hmm. Um, like in Puerto Rico, there's always fairs. It's just like an excuse to have a party. So it's like, <laughs> which, I, which I think is amazing. Yeah. Right. It's just like an excuse to go and like dance salsa with your family. Exactly. I remember like through my ups and downs of living on the island i'm like oh my god if you get fired you drink if you get a job you drink if you fail you drink if you get you know it's like either way good or bad you drink you celebrate you live life and i think that's also the beauty you know of being in this environment because it's not easy as you know immigrants are people who moved away but still trying to make a life and a living for ourselves you know like we still have to struggle like the people here because us two have given up our identities our jobs our access and connections and we're trying to find self. So I think that's amazing how you were able to kind of like certify yourself and rebrand and make this image, you know, that's taken yeah. years to cultivate. Because though you started off with like your folk jewelry, you don't really focus too much on that now. Like you've evolved. Oh, like yeah. I've known you for like over the past six years and I've had tons of your jewelry and seeing you grow from like selling on campus to having online and being international and being on like um vogue magazine no was it yeah like that's big shit popping (laughs) a lot of us when we look into our dreams or pursuing our passions sometimes it's easier to just say oh it was hard or no one noticed me and kind of give up and i think it's beautiful that though Puerto Rico didn't maybe give you the idea, it cultivated the idea and helped you be able to find yourself, you know, like putting yourself in like the crucible. Yeah. It's like the fire that built. Well, I just think image. like in Puerto Rico, there's just less stress. So right. like you don't have the stress of like, like in the United States, it's like if you're not doing something, you feel like a failure. But like that's like good and bad because like maybe you need time to cultivate an idea or something like that. Like in the US, it's just like work, 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 work. Whereas in Puerto Rico, people are more into like spending time mm-hmm. and um having things grow more naturally mm-hmm. which i think is cool yeah it it comes down because i feel like <clears throat> i was so when i moved here i was always like fast paced i got things done i gotta be on this time this time, it's like mm. super organized but like it's like island life you know island yeah. time you know you kind of have relax you kind of have to let things flow a little bit you can't be so controlling sometimes yeah exactly you, you just can. wake You're up it's gonna be like mad all the time if you live in puerto rico and like with that mentality, you're just going to be, like, super mad. Exactly, exactly. So, it's interesting. Um, what has been, I guess, your favorite obstacle that you have overcome while living in Puerto Rico as an artisan? Oh, my God. Um, being accepted 
um, in the artisan community. Mm-hmm. Um, because, like, I guess I'm kind of lucky because even though I'm white, I pass as Puerto Rican because Puerto Rican, like, well, there's, there's Puerto Ricans of every color, but, like, I'm kind of... Um, but elaborate, though, because you say that, and also, we're recording in English, so I don't think people really... It sounds kind of harsh to be like, oh, well, I kind of look Puerto Rican, or I'm accepted, but, like, yeah. I don't think people and our English listeners really get to understand that when you speak Spanish, you know, and people see you and how you, like, act and carry yourself, it's really Puerto Rican, like, yeah, bien boricua. Yeah, yeah. yeah it, the it's, complex that goes behind, like, identities and accents and actually immersion in a place when you say you're going to live there, right? Exactly. Because, um, like, Issa and I were just talking earlier, it's like, even if you speak perfect Spanish, you're still going to be seen as an outsider unless you have, like, the perfect accent. Like, you can be talking a whole day and like if you say one word wrong you're just going to be kind of like labeled as mm-hmm. um, the gringo the so much outsider. Yeah. Mm-hmm. and like um especially in the world of like the artisans per se i mean it's such like a puerto rican kind of atmosphere that like i mean if i were one of them and if i saw some gringo come in i would be like who the fuck is this dude right so i think a lot of people had that attitude when they first saw me like mm-hmm. going into this going into the artisan markets, especially when you have the whole background of, like, Puerto Rico being a colony of the United States, and there's always that kind of feeling of invasion from North America. So it was, um, at first it was kind of hard for me to kind of be accepted into the group of artisans, but I think that just, like, by showing them with my actions that, like, I really made the effort to speak Spanish, Mm -hmm. um, and that I really care about the island, um... I was accepted kind of like into that world but it's hard as an outsider kind of going into that when everybody is Puerto Rican and they just see you as an outsider but being an outsider also I've noticed in your work you incorporate not only just like styles of architecture here or la naturaleza here you know you incorporate that incorporate that into your jewelry so what styles can you kind of explain and maybe your jewelry that you have created that connects to Puerto Rico or other places that you have traveled? Mm-hmm. Well, um, my parents um, love antiques. They currently live in a house from the 1700s, um, which they are currently restoring. Uh, mm-hmm. They found the antique fireplaces behind walls that somebody had covered up um, and things like that. They actually found a like brick oven wow. in one of the walls mm-hmm. that somebody had covered up in the 1960s. So I love antiques and I love history. Um, So my work is kind of a mix of who I am. So I love antiques, but then I also love uh, life in the tropics. Mm -hmm. So I kind of try to um, mix antiques, then also like tropical lushness in my jewelry. Um, I used to do a lot of work with antique silverware, but right now um, I'm doing a lot of work with antique coins. Like, there are these coins from Puerto Rico that say Isla de Puerto Rico on them, and they were only made for five years at the end of the uh, the 1800s. And uh, they actually stopped making the coins because the United States invaded in 1898. Um, When the United States invaded in 1898, they actually devalued the... Peseta Puerto Riqueña to a third of its international value. Wow. And at that point, um, everybody on the island went broke because from one day to the next, you had a third of the money you had the day before. Uh, and the U.S. came and actually bought, basically bought up the whole island, um, all the sugar cane plantations. Dom- Domino Sugar came and bought up all the sugar right. plantations. 
and made Puerto Rico into this giant sugarcane island that was only benefiting the United States. Not only did you get to learn the history, you're incorporating that history, you're giving back to the island, and that's beautiful, opposed to just being like, okay, well, I'm a big name designer or jeweler from the States, and I'm, I'm based in the States, and I sell jewelry here, but my money's going to go back to the States. That mm -hmm. doesn't help. And I think that's beautiful that you came at such a young age that you got to learn and make it so personable to you. Um, because maybe if you had a came early, it would be a different story. I think also for myself, when I look back and I kind of criticize how like Act 2020 and all that stuff comes here, so it's like, I'm sure if I had money too, I wouldn't care either, right? But I don't. And I had to come as a student and I had to learn and I had to unlearn and I had to like criticize, you know, and sometimes like question myself and my actions. Like, am I being privileged or am I using my educational privilege? Because I don't have like a white person's privilege, but I do have the status that I was born in the States, whatever mm -hmm. that allows me. Right. And so I think that's important how you didn't let those Americanisms or Americanized ways limit or structure how you live and interact with Puerto Rico. Like you yeah. and what I admire, I say all this to say like what mm -hmm. I admire about you and I think our friendship is that you are very conscious and very um in tune with what's happening and not only and it, and I feel like I say this because I know you once again. Yeah. But not just what happens in Puerto Rico but like internationally because you guys don't know that Mick has traveled all over the world. Like this is like <laughs> dude if I never met this man I probably wouldn't be the person who I am. I wouldn't have probably oh, been so, so brave to uh, travel the world so like by myself and figure it out because um this wasn't a life that I was used to. So to meet someone like you and see that you could do it, once again, it inspired me to say, hey, I too can fly. You know, oh, I so too cool. can live, you know, and immerse myself and make a better day. I'm not an artist and I can't draw a painting. I, I mean, I paint with words <laughs> if that's anything. Exactly. It's the same thing. But um, <laughs> just something to be able to say, I'm here and I exist. And I feel like... And times to come, because even when I see people wearing your jewelry, especially like your old jewelry, because you've evolved so much, I'm like, dude, that's great. I get super excited because I've seen that journey. So yeah. I can only imagine how you feel, especially um, with the love for your island and your time away and then coming back and like trying to kind of disconnect. But like, you know, it's like we don't have any ties to this place. Like, yeah. we have no reason to be here, but we're here and we love it and we honor and respect it. And I think. That's beautiful that we've allowed um, the universe or the people or God to allow this circle of friends and people and places to guide us to where we're going in the future. I know you have a poem that you would like to share with us. Or not a poem, I think a song by Cultura Perfectica, no? Yeah. Okay, what's it called? It's called No Me Interesa. Okay. Which means like, uh, I don't care. Okay. So not what are you going to Roughly gonna translated. I'm gonna read it in Spanish. Yeah, so that's fine. Nací en la latitud perfecta, donde tuesta el sol y la lluvia refresca. Desde el alba hasta la puesta, es un ambiente ideal para sudar todo mal. Y nací en tierra agradecida, donde crece casi todo lo que le tira. Y puedo decir que en la isla, hasta que él no tiene nada, se puede alimentar. And then they goes on to say, no me interesa su supuesta ayuda federal, no me interesa lo que no es real. Tu guerra no me interesa. Es solo una excusa para conquistar sin quedar mal. The song is really kind of talking about how the band doesn't really care about um, the government aid that the United States can give because uh, here in Puerto Rico we live in the, um, the perfect latitude. 
um, where you can just throw seeds and they start to grow. So the song is kind of talking about like what is really important, the fact that people can live off government aid or the fact that we live in a tropical paradise. Mm. To me, it's more important that we live in a tropical paradise. And uh, I personally don't give a fuck about ever going back to the United States. I love my family and it's nothing against them. I just don't really uh, care about the government. Um, And like this song is talking about like... um, how all the the wars that the United States makes is just um, an excuse to conquer without um, being uh, called a bad guy because they're quote unquote doing these wars to liberate people, but mm. really they're just doing it to make money. We know capitalism yeah. is not a cure. Exactly. You know, um, wow, that's beautiful. And cultura perfecta, super bueno. They sound is amazing. That's fire. Usually, as we end, make really like to ask my guests, how are they on their way? So, Mick Urban, after all of this and thinking about your future and the present, mainly because we are here, we mm-hmm. are in the now. How are you on your way? Um, well, I actually just spent the last uh, almost six months living in Brooklyn because <laughs> I kind of let people get to me and let people get to me in the sense of like people always would tell me, oh. You would make so much money living in the United States. Um, and since I've lived here for the last 10 years, I kind of thought that that was true. Almost like as if, I like, I don't know, it's weird. It's like, I've lived here for so long, I like kind of feel like I'm Puerto Rican. So I moved to the United States and I realized that I like never want to live there, mm. like at all. And like, I don't give a fuck about the fashion industry. I want to like, and that's kind of why I create jewelry too, because um, you don't you don't have to be part of the fashion industry making jewelry. It's a little more timeless. Mm. Um, so I think I'm on my way in the sense of like, I am a thousand percent sure that I'm just gonna do it here now, um, and like I, there's no reason why I can't do it here. So that's how I'm on my way. Oh, I, I kind of know where I'm going. Yeah, and the going is going great and good in Puerto Rico. And international, but based here. Exactly, yeah. Based Mm -hmm. here, focused here, and centered here. And I think that's where we started, that's where we'll finish, and that's where we'll be connected to many other places. And I think that's beautiful that though this, for me, this was the first place I had ever traveled outside of the United States. Um, And I'm grateful for the people that we met, and I know that you are too, and I'm excited to see how much you're going to continue to evolve because i've already seen a lot of you and i always push him like Mick, <laughs> you know what i'm saying <laughs> so i think it's beautiful that you have like realized you know in your journey and your craft and your art um who you are in self and where you feel like you belong and that's going to push you farther opposed to trying to plant yourself in other places and yeah, trying to fit. i was trying to be so like fashion for the past maybe like six months i was trying to change my jewelry to be like very fashion and then i kind of realized like people are buying this because it's not fashion they're not mm. buying it because it's all like white anorexic models they're buying it because like anybody can wear it so mm-hmm. like i'm even changing um kind of like the way i'm taking my photos it's gonna be very kind of casual now mm-hmm. um more like people actually just like doing something that they do like i want to do like 
a uh, I want to do like a woman um, like in the garden, mm. like gardening with her hands in the dirt. Like okay. with the I saw on. one of someone braiding her hair, exactly. and I thought that was beautiful. Yeah, mm-hmm. and you know that's totally the universe because um, that was that was just somebody doing a photo shoot. Wow, and it, it ended up totally being exactly kind of like the vision that I want to do now. So, See, it so, all yeah, it's all just gonna be casual. Um, like I don't. Wow. casually getting this money yeah exactly <laughs> <laughs> oh thank you so much make um for just taking your time to tell your story i know i know this is the <laughs> last time and i hope that my listeners can connect with you can purchase from you and continue to grow with you where can they purchase buy oh, yeah. connect um uh, it's Mick Urban Jewelry, uh, M-I-C-U-R-B-A-N Jewelry uh, dot com, or my Instagram is Mick Urban Jewelry, but with underscores in between. So M-I-C underscore Urban underscore Jewelry. So yeah, you can check it out there. Buy all his shit, y'all. <laughs> Thanks. You know, say Issa sent you. Exactly. <laughs> It's been a pleasure. I hope you guys really enjoyed having Mick send him messages, you know, hit him up, send him ideas. Even if you have some personal requests, if you want to have a design, let him make it. Yeah, and, we can do that. Definitely. You know, some cool shit, you know. Um, but we are always grateful to have people on Issa's way. I'm grateful for all you wonderful listeners to continue with me on this journey. So, as always, be blessed.